let me just give you a little bit. Uh, 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 let's let's just talk for a minute about what we're going to be doing now, Mr. Shem, this year. One of the uh, one of the chavayim who's on the call right now expressed some you know, a question or disappointment. We were we're learning the we're learning Kesher Shem, so we're having a good time. And uh, yeah, we could look continue learning that, Mr. Shem. We would be able to learn that for years, Kesher Shem Tov, which are the foundational teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, upon which, as we've been talking about, all the other Torahs of all the Sadiqim, the future generations are, are built. So why switch? It's not just because uh, it's nice to change things up, as they say. That's uh, I'm not so concerned about that. That's not the uh, that's not the. Uh, the problem is that when I saw the Sefer by Yom Dekat, I just I just fell in love, and and I realized that that after all of these years of learning the Torahs of the Baal Shem Tov, either in Keser Shem Tov or to all of the Sfarim that we've been learning by Hashem, that this Sefer was actually taking all of the Torahs of Baal Shem. And packaging it into one little sefer, which directs all of our learning to being lamaisa, to being lamaisa, to, to live with these with these teachings. Bayam da has has already in a short time that the kutrasim began to come out, the booklets, the pages that Hever were giving me from the uh, that was sent by email, and I was able to get. Around beginning around a year and a half ago, um, uh, the, these contrasim took the world by storm. So I'll talk about that in a second. The the the, the contrasim have taken the world by storm, and people are 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 excited and shaken up by the clarity, by the brevity, the clarity, the warmth, the depth of the writings of this anonymous Mechaber. We, we know that we know that this is coming from the base measures of Rabbi Shemayim Morgenstern. In Yushalayim, Rabbi Shemayim, Rabbi Shemayim, as I'm sure you all know, is one of the greatest Goinim and the greatest Mashpihim of our generation. He's actually British. And grew up, spent a great deal of time in America as well. And... Um, we were zeched to around with him on more than one occasion. And he has put he has svarim, many svarim over the years called Yam HaChachma. Rabbi Shmuel's svarim called Yam HaChachma. That he's not actually writing, but his chaver and Yushlaim have been putting together, and and now there's Likut. Yamachachma, many swarm Yamachachma, astonishing the depth and breadth, unbelievable swarm. And the Chevra in Yushalayim is trying now to this by Yamda Kech. I don't know if it's the effort of one person or if it's a group of the guys there who have, who have realized that um, there are thousands and thousands of Jews who are thirsting for. The Baal Shem Tov Kaddish, thirsting for the Ariya Kaddish, because he also has, there's also a contrast of an introduction to the Kisve Hari, 
Lamaisa. That's Mitch maybe we'll do that in one of the Khaburas and the Basin we'll see. That the Ulama is thirsting for a, a way to take these teachings that we've been learning all of these years and and and, and to find a way to put them into practice. How should we eat? How do we sleep? Ahavis Yisrael Lamaisa, that's what we're going to begin with, well, after the introduction. It's in alphabetical order. All of the Cheshek Lilmoy, Kenyan Hadvekis, Kedusha, Kedusha, Simcha, Bahargish, Asatfila, how to feel one's davening, and so on. Which takes all of the all of the Yisaitis that we've been learning all of the years and brings them very much into directed, clear Avadasasha. Things that we can work on practically. And um, and that's why I decided that not in place of Kesashemta, not nobody could do anything in place of the Balshamta or in place of Kesashemta, but as a means of of of, of bringing all of these tires that we're learning into our lives in, in a very doable, logical, and impassioned way. So that we would try to learn this here, this amazing Sefer Bayam Dekacha. In Yushalayim, I don't know if they're in the Swarm stores. You could certainly get it by, by the Besamedrish of Yamachachma, which I'm sure the guys in Yushalayim know where that is. You go to Besamedrish that, uh, and you can get them there. Um, over here, Aaron Beagleisen got me a bunch of them. I have a few more. I think upstairs there's still a couple, right? There's still a couple there. And uh, and in, in the meantime, for those who can't get it, we'll try to send out pages, so you'll be able to have them, Mr. Uh, Shem, in advance. So let's start learning. Okay, well, we're going to learn Mova HaSefer, a general introduction to the Sefer, on page Gimel. Which is called Hatanug Ba'avaida. And I'm assuming that this also works to be able to record it and put it up and so that so the Khab will be able to who can't get to the Shia will be able to will be able to to learn together with us. Let's begin. The only place to begin when it comes to Tars of Hashem is with the word Tanug, delight and pleasure. Tanug is the beginning. Tanug is Kesar, is the crown. Tanug means rotsen, longing and wanting. More than anything, it's the light of Tanug that the Balshant of Akadish unleashed into the world. Jews were always serving Hashem, Jews were always doing their, their best and trying their hardest. But that or that light of, of Tanu, of actually enjoying that more than anything in life, of being able to, of being able to be filled with a rotsen, to daven, to learn, to do mitzvahs. That's the Nakuda Pnimis of Walter Zabosha. So the introduction is with this with this Nakuda of Tanuk, which is going to travel with us throughout the Sefer. And each of the different, we're going to begin with Ahavis Yisrael, and then comes 
achila, eating, and so on, with all of the with all of the arachim that we're going to be doing, the the pnimius of each of these arachim, each of the subjects that we're going to be dealing with is tamid, is pleasure, fire, pleasure, rotsin. Now there, the notes here are indispensable, and we'll do almost every one of the notes. Sometimes while we're doing that piece, or sometimes at the end of that piece. You find many places in Tanakh, the, the Indian of Tanakh, of, of enjoying one's Avodah Hashem. Tanakh is not translated as enjoyment. I don't think I have to keep on translating it. Tanduk and Avodah Hashem. V'hi'oi meres, ta'amu u'ru'u ki ta'iv Hashem. Ta'amu u'ru'u ki ta'iv Hashem. So Davon Melech says, Davon Melech who's, his home at Sias was this world of Tanduk. Davon Melech said, ta'amu u'ru'u ki ta'iv Hashem. Taste and you will see. Kitayv Hashem. I mentioned. I mentioned. Uh, I think I mentioned recently, or maybe just a couple of chavayim. We were talking that in the in in uh, the Jewish publications that come out. You know, you, one of my sons-in-law said that if you want to get a sense of where, like, where where the community is holding, you look at these the advertisements in these in these magazines. It's a little bit harsh way of evaluating us, <laughs> but there's something to it. However, holding, but some of the, I guess, the challenges of our generation. So there was a, in the back of the cover, in the back of the cover of one of the magazines, uh, I don't want to say the names either, they're both very wonderful publications, but the back of the cover of one of them, there, there was an advertisement for a, a food company called Tuftam. Well, I, I, I think I had cranes from that once, I don't remember, but there's a company called Tuftam. And there's a picture, full page, of a huge piece of challah dripping with honey. And then it said on in big letters, a guy, it said, a guy, a guy can't understand this. There's the pleasure of, a guy can't possibly understand the pleasure of, of our challah dipped in honey and then the rest of our products and so on. That was the, the advertisement. In the other publication, the less Hasidish inclined one, it, it didn't say that that, uh, that Lashen, which could set off a pogrom if it would be translated. And, uh, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't have that Lashen. It just said Chag <laughs> <laughs> The same picture. The same picture with a, with a, you know, a grub, a piece of chala dripping with honey. But it just said Chag It was a little bit more, you know. I guess they had a meeting and they decided that this is not a good idea. That a guy can't possibly know what we know. Uh, they didn't even write Nachri or any Yehudi or any Ben Bris or a non-Jew. They just said Chag Sameach. We're not, we're not going to get into trouble over here. Mm-hmm. Now it's not like we haven't discussed that in the past. Of course, it's true what they're writing is true. But it's without without Oznes Anigal Hashem Tamrikit Hashem. It's just vulgar. You understand? It's just vulgar, it's just refreshing, it's just another another person that enjoys eating, except you somehow 
think that when you're gaining weight, it's some sort of a ritual or religious, some kind of religious event that's happening that you put on so many pounds over Yantiv. You did that because of God. So, what does that mean? Oz Tisanag Al Hashem. Oz Tisanag Al Hashem. Tanakh is filled with this. Oz Tisanag Al Hashem. Shimu Shamoyelai Vichlutayv Tisanag Bedeshen Nafshechem. If you listen to me, the Baruch Shalom says, if you listen to me, it's going to be so good. Vichlutayv, you'll be able to eat. In a, in a, you'll, you'll enjoy and you'll delight in the in the pleasures of your soul. and so on. Many, many Pesukim Tanakh, countless Pesukim Tanakh that describe the pleasures of being an Oivet Hashem. And every single morning when we say Be'er we ask Hashem, "Baharev na Hashem lakenu is divrei so Please, Rabbi Shalom, make the words of your Torah sweet and delicious in our mouths. We're learning; we're trying to learn, but we're asking you to make these words sweet, that we should enjoy our learning. Kikach ha'hanav ha'tanuk, sheshem isbach nosim benefesh ha'adam. Because this koach of pleasure and of tanuk, of delight, of pleasure, that Hashem Baruch has given us the ability to feel, that Hashem has infused into the soul of man this longing for pleasure. Remember, this is the famous term from the Piyasetzna in Salvezira's the Rebbe says that it, it's the most natural thing for a, a person to seek pleasure. But if he doesn't find it in his Yiddishkeit, he's going to look for it someplace else. How tachlis is to unveil, to reveal the tanuk that a Jew can have in being, in being an Oved Hashem, in his learning, in his davening, in his mitzvahs. Because a person, by nature, is is filled with this longing to to enjoy to enjoy and the and the ace credit says there in Savas years that we learned many many years ago and spoken about over the years that a, a person is a person you'll see people will will, will stop on the, on the road and traffic can be backed up for hours looking at an accident that happened on the other side of the highway not because anybody's happy to see people hurt or suffer, but because it somehow excites the soul. Everybody's looking for excitement, for for something, for something to give me a, a a start, for something to move me. the Rebbe says that a person would rather see a heart-rending, terrible tragedy. People are watching. If people that spend their lives reading horror, watching horror movies and reading all kinds of crazy books and things. Because better that than, than, than living a life of, of feeling uh, completely uh, empty or bored, whatever it might be. 
Because that need for pleasure affects us in many, many ways. Not, again, not because somebody enjoys so enjoys something terrible, but the beginning of that, the the cherish of that is this Indian of, of Tanu, of Tanu, excitement, inspiration. I heard a Maradika thing from my granddaughter yesterday. You know, they're never all on the Zoom classes. And she didn't, I was just, I was just sitting in the kitchen and she was on the Zoom in, 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 in the room connected to the kitchen. And um, she didn't know that I was listening to anything. And, and she was following some class. I think it was either the teacher herself was, was trying to inspire the kids or the teacher was sent them some clip of something. I, I don't know, but I, I know that there was a woman that was on the, on the, on the Zoom that was saying with, in a very, very strong way, girls, nothing is impossible. To inspire girls, nothing is impossible. And my little granddaughter just turned on the side. She didn't say to anybody. She just said, I don't think it's impossible. I do that all the time. <laughs> I do nothing all the time. <laughs> I was thinking about it. She, she just interpreted it that way. The teacher saying nothing is about. She says, why my mother says, why are you doing nothing? Why are you always doing nothing? Especially these last months, right? Can you imagine that? Put that out and get that across the world. Nothing is impossible. I, am, I do nothing all the time. It's a horrible feeling to do nothing. There, there are probably millions of people, certainly over the earlier period, but even now there are millions, maybe billions of people who just feel bad about, about themselves. Both mitzad parnasa and mitzad their own their own personal lives, whether they're Jewish or how not Jewish, the feeling of nothing, of nothing. And there are many, many Jews who are officially Orthodox, who, if they think about the nothingness that is so possible, that is possible to feel nothing when being an, being a, an Orthodox Jew. Nothing. Nothing is possible. It's not impossible. And <clears throat> either they're aware of that or they're not aware of that. But that feeling of nothing is terrible. That's not what Hashem intended when He gave us the Torah. He wanted us to feel what that, what that teacher was trying to impart to the girls that nothing is, impo- is impossible. It should be impossible for a Jew to feel nothing. If you really, if you really understand what Yiddishkeit is, and if you really are, are uh, connected to Yiddishkeit in the right way, then the teacher is right. Nothing is impossible. Not like she meant, like, you know, you can climb mountains and you could uh, be, uh, you could be the greatest uh, uh, mother in the world or the greatest professional or whatever that person meant. That's you know that's that's something else, but that that feeling of of nothingness really should be impossible for a Jew to feel nothing. It should be impossible to feel nothing. So if one is feeling nothing, and there's no talmud in one's davening and one's learning and one's harvest Israel and one's in one's day to day life, it means that something is wrong. But it can be corrected. But something is wrong.
Now, invariably through life, people go through ups and downs. But certainly, it should not be that a, that a Jew whose Shem Tarim should be living till 120, just going through the motions. That's, that's impossible. That's impossible. Nothing is impossible for a Jew. It shouldn't be. Again, as I, as I mentioned before, in terms of the spheres, you all know that Keser is the beginning. And Keser means Ratzin and Tam. Hashem wanted to create the world, whatever that wanting of Hashem means. That wanting of Hashem is the wanting that you and I have within us. Our wanting is just, is just, a establishment uh, of Hashem's wanting, which is infinite. I was talking about that yesterday in the Meridian Shi. It's infinite. Our, in, our wanting is infinite. Jews want more than anybody in the world because of our connection to Hashem. What you do with that wanting is, is could be anything. But we want more than anybody. That's why we've, we've done so many things in the world, and that's why it could also become a, a problem. Because there's nobody in the world that wants as much as we do. Because wanting is connected to that highest, it's not connecting to, it's the, it's the stauslis of that, of that mid of, of that mitzias, that's called keser, tanu, pleasure, wanting. And this is Hashem's ratzna. And, and this is Hashem's Ratzin, that all of us should feel tremendous joy and pleasure in our relationship with Him, in our becoming one with Him. And from serving Him. And this is the only true correct way of serving Hashem. Not to say, God forbid, that if one doesn't have Tanuk, that his mitzvahs are worthless. Chasva Khalid is not saying that. Everything that a person does that, that's right, it's a mitzvah, is good, and it means it's meaningful, and it's poyal, all kinds of good things. But the Tachlis is, as the Mesil Sashar begins, as the Ramchal begins, the Tachlis is L'Sanagal Hashem. That our avodah should bring us to this tani in our relationship with the Ganesh Baruch. Now, everybody has grown up here, and we've discussed this many times, that when you speak to a, a rabbi, you ask a teacher, like, how come I'm, I'm not feeling this tani? So then the response has traditionally been, just keep on doing these things and you will. There is truth to that. But there's also a huge, I would say, a majority of situations where it doesn't work out just like that automatically. Keep on doing these things and you'll and it'll be fine. I was just talking to a young lady the other day who's, who's stuck in a uh, very, very empty marriage. And that's what the, uh, that's what the uh, rabbi in Rabbitson told her about her marriage. To begin with, she didn't have any feelings for the guy. And she was just told, it's okay, you just just keep on being a good wife and you know you'll 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 eventually feel it. 
and she's tired of waiting. And, um, and that's why he means me, he says, Rakachi tzuras ha'avoyda ha'nechoyna. Rakachi tzuras ha'avoyda ha'nechoyna. So let's read a little bit of the note. Well, no, let's read the entire note. At the beginning, and then he goes more into Arichas Perakutes. Okay. So the first question that a person has with what we're learning, before we go even any further, the first question that a person has is that, well, what do you mean? I'm supposed to serve Hashem not for the sake of personal gain or personal pleasure. I'm supposed to be uh, 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 serving Hashem because I'm faithful, I'm loyal, and I'm I, I accept upon myself the old Malchus Shemai. I'm a Kabul, the old Malchus Shemai. This is this question is one that I'm sure that many of you remember. Avni Nezer dealt with in his introduction to Eglaital is Sefer on Hilchel Shabbos. But Avni Nezer is responding to what he, he said he has heard a question that is often, or a comment that is also often made, that Talmud Torah is supposed to be Lishma, and therefore it's not even ideal to, to enjoy your learning of Torah. If you would truly be a, a Ben Torah and one who's learning Torah Lishma, by definition, there are those who say that learning Torah Lishma means not enjoying it. And that if you're a pleasure seeker, in, uh, that's not Lishma. That's Loy Lishma. And Chazal teaches that a person should do all of his mitzvahs, especially learning Torah, should be Lishma. For its own sake, not for your sake. So the obvious question at the beginning of this journey into the world of the Valshemtev, into this world of, of tanag, of pleasure, is why is that a Jewish ideal? Since one is pleasure and self-indulgence, enjoyment, since when is that a since when is that a uh, an ideal in Yiddishkeit? But we were taught that 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 the tachlis is lishma, and somehow along the way, what we picked up. And this is what the Abnezer was talking about, is that what we picked up along the way is that if something is lishma, then by definition it means you're not enjoying it. It means kishar la'ol. It means like you're an ox that's carrying the burden of, of Yiddishkeit. And is that shverkeit that all of you have heard from the Ramosha Feinstein used to say that the young generation so much of the young generation gave up the Yiddishkeit because they constantly heard from their fathers and mothers, Shver oh, it's Shver, it's hard to be a Jew. And because of the Lashonis of Lashma that they heard, they said, what do I need that for? I have enough aggravation without, without schlepping uh, this Taisus, you know? I have enough aggravation in my life without, without schlepping a Lulav and Eswig, without having to get to shul every day. But I need more. But I need more things to schlep. I'm schlepping enough as it is. So, what is this Indian of what is this Indian of lishma versus the versus the the uh, the avodah of tanud of osdes anaglasha? 
Isn't Lashma a great ideal in Yiddishkeit? We're not in this hour of pleasure. We're in this because we're in this to serve Hakadosh Baruch. We're in this to serve Hashem Baruch. I want to mention just about the svarim that to begin with, if a person is not able to attend regularly, then I would appreciate you know. I mean, you might not know you might have already intended it the first time, but the way life usually is is that after two or three times, a lot of the chavurah can't realize it's not so pushed. So. It's really the svarma hard to get. So if a person is a regular, whatever that means, tries to come regularly, then, then otherwise, we, we're gonna, you know, over time, we need the svarma for people who, who join in. So you'll see if you're able to, if you're not able to, there's, there's no tightness. It's just that I can't get more svarma right now. So we need the svarma if you're going to be coming. It's a show. So I learned that the shetzarach it's not. It's not to, 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 to because I'm seeking pleasure. It's not the chavis tanugim. So how do we begin all of this? How do we begin all of this by with an introduction, placing tanug as the centerpiece of Yiddishkeit, as the tachlis of Yiddishkeit? The Chayra, one would one would think that that if you're an Oyved im Tanug, that that's your Avaida Tanug, then the Avaida is Shalai Lishma. It's Shalai Lishma. It's not for the sake of Hashem. It's for your own personal pleasure. Will be our Indian who Shavaida Shalai Lishma. Now, this is a bit this is a little bit tricky because it's 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 hard to know within yourself what the truth is. What he's saying here is that this avodashalolishma means when the underlying motivation of my avodah. The reason that I'm doing this, the underlying motivation and cause has this element of personal pleasure or gain. That's the sibas ha'avodah. The reason that, that I'm doing this. Well, Bamis, im Adam Oyved Kedei Lahargish Tanuk. Therefore, if one's purpose in serving Hashem, what I want to get out of serving Hashem is Kedei Lahargish Tanuk, to feel Tanuk. It's safer than. It's safer than drugs and other things, and less expensive. It's kedela hargishtan. This is tricky. Gamzen hechshot, the madrega gevoet. It's still good that the person is is doing the mitzvahs. That's always good. It gives me tarshalay lishma right? It's always good. 
So it's madrega gavoha, it's a higher madrega, but it's still, that is low lishma. The reason, you know, the reason that I'm doing this is because it's gishmak. And even though this is tricky, it's relatively easy to, to ask yourself a number of questions, like sort of to interview or interrogate yourself and to find out whether you're in that parasha. And again, it doesn't mean that chasom is anything evil about that. It's just not the tachlis of avayda. And we hope that over time it should become that this mitach shalolishma balishma. But, you know, when it comes to the Gemara that you don't find particularly enjoyable, or when it comes to certain things, certain mitzvahs that you don't find being, you know, gishma, they don't give you a, a high. So those mitzvahs are lower on your priorities. Yeah. There's less of a priority when it comes to those mitzvahs that are that are that don't give you this this uh, this wonderful feeling. <coughs> so it's just a very simple way of looking at one's avodah. Not chasus on becoming upset or depressed about uh, answers that are that are uh, uh, that indicate that your avodah has elements of shaloi lishma, but to keep on being an avodah Hashem. And do your best and, 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 and try hard to learn more and to understand why am I doing this? What's the tachlis of my davening? And so on. But, but that's, the, that's the main point. If the reason that I'm doing these things is to be able to enjoy. That's that's already called loyalishma. If that's if that's what's motivating me. Because if your avodas Hashem is for the purpose, for the sake of of enjoying, like many times uh, I've heard these these things from Bali Chuva over the years. That they'll that uh, somebody that's nice to swell and they'll be taken to someone's house, some kind Jew, or invite them for Shabbos, they'll pick up at the Kaisal or something, you know, and uh, and they'll come to some family. And the impression that they received from that, either it was actually discussed or it's just that they took from that experience of Shabbos was that if you become Orthodox, you too will have a very attractive wife, wonderful children, delicious food, and a day off. Yeah. Uh, somehow that's what they came out from the experience uh, with, which is, which is, uh, which is nice that, that, that the guy has an attractive wife and she's a good cooker. He's a good cook. I got to be careful now. It's 2020. <laughs> or, or, uh, and the kids seem to be cute and so on. And, <laughs> and, um, and what could be better than sitting with family around the table and having some time being off from work and so on. That's really, that's really nice. So this, this uh, very impressed uh, potential Balchuva comes to the conclusion after a couple of these Shabbos, even though he started to realize that not everybody was attractive as the first one. But what he comes to the conclusion is that um, I think this is a better alternative for me. I think this is really, this, this looks like it has a lot of potential. 
you know, for, for a, a better life. Now, there is something, there is something in that, but you under, all of us understand that that's the underlying yesod of his newly adapted religious um, behavior. It's a problem. It's not so posh. And the root awakening doesn't usually take that long uh, to come. That the idealized picture of the life of the Orthodox Jew, especially if he starts to see some troubling behavior among some Orthodox Jews and so on, and he begins to wonder, like, why did I get into this? I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this the way that I used to. There's a tzaddik. It's one of the chavra. doesn't live here. I was talking to the other day. Mamsha Yidat Tzaddik. And he became a Shemim Mitzvah many years ago. And he has unbelievable struggles with his children. Unbelievable struggles. Demichale Shab is just unbelievable. And he was crying to me on the phone. He said, Rabbi, you know, if I would have, if I, you know, if I would have known this when I started, is this, this is not what I pictured. He pictured the table of, of the particular house, those hand-picked homes that they send the guys to. I remember when I was teaching in high school in yeshiva, so we used to have Shabbatons. It's a, it's a mainstay of, of, uh, of Kira, right? Shabbatons. And they were setting up all of the kids, like in some of the nicest homes of Back Lawrence. Some of the, when they did the five towns for uh, Shabbaton, they were setting up in like some of the like very, very Hashiva families and these sprawling, beautiful homes and so on with the attractive wives and the well-behaved kids because they wanted to make a nice impression. And, and uh, I was sitting with the Chavra together one day and we were talking about the upcoming Shabbaton. And I, and I, and I suggested that you send them to the absolutely broken, messed up homes in Farakway and Bayswater. <laughs> Let's move a little bit uh, further away. Uh, what's that? That's east. Uh, yeah, west. Yeah, towards, but they changed the name West Lawrence, right? Let's move a little bit. Not to say Hasushon, but all of the homes in Farakway or Bayswater are, God forbid, you know, either physically or in any other way, Khalila, beautiful homes, beautiful people, and so on. But the, I was just saying, you know. It's very, very nice that we give them this impression. Many of them come from poor families, and you you, you drop them off for Shabbos, and they just when they when they even before they go into the house, they're, they're they're like their mouths are open. And then and then when they're sitting at the Shabbos table, they never they never saw in their lives, and never saw, you know, just the dips that are there. You know, you know before you even get to the food, the, the dips they never saw in their lives such a thing. And then they come back to school and we follow it all up with some nice stories about the Rebbe Rebbe right? And they're convinced that they're going to be rich and that then the Rebbe is going to walk into Shul every Shabbos. <laughs> you know? And then, uh, and then when they join the ranks, it's uh, not so posh. Not so posh. So I said, like, why not just regular, regular homes, you know, this type, that type. Doesn't mean they can't sometimes have a, a, a back Lawrence uh, Shabbos, but just some regular, nice, hardworking, Elohi Yidin 
you know, on Empire or Carnega or Caffrey, you know. I don't remember the streets in Bayswater. I was only there two or three times. I don't remember. So some regular families or Cedarhurst or Woodmere. And an interesting thing happened. We started to do that. And it was Gewaldic. I'm not going to go into it. It was Gewaldic. It came, it, it, we, we followed up with, it, with a lot of conversations, discussions, but they were real. They were real conversations. And the kids, for the most part, the ones that were insightful, deep, and, 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 and were Bali Avoida, they were impressed about how these Jews were persevering in the Avodah Hashem. And how these Jews were so sincere that even though they're learning so many hours, let's say a day, made life less comfortable for them. And how despite that, the wives were excited about their husband's learning. And uh, so on and so forth. Other such stories that on a much deeper level are, are, are infinitely more, more meaningful and long-lasting than, than being impressed in a beautiful home by, by the, the uh, outer. Now, it could be that guy in the beautiful home, is, that those people in that beautiful home in back Lawrence are also the same, probably the, also the same, but, but you know, when, you, when, you, when you're taken for a tour of the palace, you're not going to pay much attention to the conversation and this it's become something else. So what the Tzadikir is explaining is that you have to be careful when, when the foundation of your Yiddishkeit is is in order to feel, in order to enjoy. That's Shalai Lashma. And even though that also gets points in Shemai, of course, everything is, everything is good. But Saf Musaf, that's Shiloh Lashma. Vilo Ha'ayved Lashma. On the other hand, a Jew who is an Ayved Lashma, who's Ayved Lashma, Mataroso Hirakla Samechas Hashem's Baruch. His objective is to give Nachas and joy to Hashem. That's his underlying motive, motive and objective, is to give Nachas to Hashem. This is a very big Yisab we learn. And we have to work on this and think and dive for this. Different times during our learning, we're going to do pieces, we'll do different fields. This is, this is, this is what, this is the reason why I'm in this. Now, it could be that you were just raised in a firm family, then you have to discover this on your own. If that wasn't imparted to you in a strong way, this is something you have to find out for yourself. Why am I doing this? What's the, what's the tachlis of this? And Oyved Lishma, his goal is is to give nachas to Hashem and simcha to Hashem and to get closer to Him. And not for the Gishmak. That's not the underlying purpose. It's just the truth is that the Mitzvah is that Avodah Hashem is sweet. The age and and 
and it's tabbing. And when a person enjoys that, that doesn't take away from it being lishma. That's the intention of Hashem that we should enjoy. That's not why you should do it. But Hashem's intention is that it should be gishmak. That doesn't mean that you always feel that way. It doesn't mean that you always notice it. It doesn't mean that, that you understand enough about this mitzvah that you should feel how gishmak it is. Could be that you're keeping Shabbos. It's, it's your 10,000th Shabbos, but you don't know what Shabbos is. So all you feel is that I can't, I can't make money. I can't go to the, to the ball game. So you're just annoyed. But Shabbos is Gishmak. And Hashem wants us to feel the Gishmak kite of it. The Etsem Yiddish kite is Gishmak. It's hard, but it's good. That a person should enjoy the relationship. And a person who's avoids the is without Tanuk, without pleasure, this could be compared to a father who gave some enjoyable gift to his son. And the son says, The kid says to his father, The truth is, he says to his father, Listen, daddy, abba, tati, whatever he is, Listen, I don't really, I don't really enjoy this gift that you gave me. I, I don't really have any pleasure from this gift. The only reason that I the only reason that I use this present that you gave me is because I want to make you happy. I don't really I don't really enjoy this at all. I just want to make you happy. So the father gives his, his son a, a fantastic, expensive base, baseball glove, a mitt, and the kid drags himself to the field every Sunday, and he tells his father, "I'll tell you the truth. I hate baseball, but you know you." I love you, whatever. And you gave me this. You gave me this, uh, this, this baseball glove, and I, I, I don't want to disappoint you. I want you to be happy that I'm using it. On the one hand, there's much to be commended in that kid. He loves his father so much, and he wants so badly to please his father. He drags himself to uh, to the baseball field slash chakras. And just just to just to just to please his father, that there's something to be said about that. That's certainly commendable. I mean, it's sad, However, it's sad, But the father wants the kid to really enjoy this. He really wants him to have a good time playing ball. He got him a good, nice glove. Things would be good for him to get out a little bit. And this is a nice way to spend the Sunday morning. He wants the kid to enjoy. And, and this is the father's pleasure to see that his, that his son is not only dutifully using this present and schlepping himself to use the present, but that his son has a gishmak with this present. Shabbos is a gift. Ah. Another, another minute. And if the son is not enjoying the, the, the tachlit. He missed the point. 
Void haloyam atani hima anegas. And the and it's, the truth is that this is a very enjoyable. Uh, objectively, it's a very uh, enjoyable thing. So if, how is it that you're using this in the proper way and you're not, and you're not enjoying it? If you'd be using it properly, you would enjoy it. So imagine that's the, the muscle of the baseball glove. Okay, not everybody, know, not everybody uh, likes playing baseball, but it, 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 if a person is an athletic person, whatever it is, he enjoys getting out. But he, the problem is that he puts the baseball glove um, on his foot, and, and he and, and and he puts it on his foot, and he he stands there in the outfield, waiting for a fly, and he sticks out his foot, and he's and after after one Sunday of doing this, he says, "This is just I don't enjoy this at all. I find this very uncomfortable, standing with my foot the whole time, poised for a fly ball, you know." So we just we just say, to the, you know, you 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 you're using this the wrong way. This is something which you should enjoy. You're using it the wrong way. Or if you use your, you know, your microwave the wrong way, whatever it is. You know, you put your yogurt in the microwave. Somebody gave you a microwave as a gift and you put your, you put your, your yogurt in there or something. And uh, it's flying all over, it's disgusting, whatever it is. And you say, I don't know, this person gave me this, this gift and I, I, uh, I don't enjoy it. So we would say to them, shite in the belt, you, you don't enjoy it because you're not using it the right way. You're not using it the right way. Or if you get a, somebody buys you a barbecue and you roast your hands on the grill. They say, what kind of a gift is that? The guy's killing me. So you said, you're not supposed to put your hands, you're supposed to put a hamburger over there and a hot dog, not your fingers. You're using it the wrong way. The thing was created to give pleasure. You're just not following, you're not following the instructions. You're not using it right. The right way is but if a person says, but, but a person should say, but the Iker actually, the main thing is that my father has pleasure seeing me enjoy this. That's the correct way. My father has pleasure. I want my father to have pleasure. And the greatest pleasure my father has is when he sees that I have a gishmak for the gift that he's giving me. And that's more important to me than the pleasure that I'm having. Is a pleasure that my pleasure is giving my father. My pleasure. I agree. We're gonna have. We'll stop here and we'll finish the the, 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 the next. Time.